Welcome to the Everyday Ivory Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Rob. And we are Everyday iRacers, just like you. I still love the name. Yeah. I was thinking about it the other day. Everyday iRacers, maybe we talked about this before, but one side of the coin is, hey, if you're like racing every day, you know, you're just into it, like you and I have been for the last two years, that's an Everyday iRacer. But then the other side of the coin for me is like, it's everyday eye racer, ordinary yep. eye racer, you know, not an alien. I think we talked about it. We we almost stumbled into the best possible name for our little podcast here. It hits on multiple fronts. I like it. So Josh, haven't seen you as much as we once did. Yeah, real life is, uh, as we've talked about over the last few uh, podcasts, picked up a little bit for both of us. Um, there's different events that we've each gone to. Yeah. For me, some of those events have been real life races we can talk about that a bit yeah travel and look this is our 32nd episode so we've been doing this for a while and we're not as regular i don't want to say we're not as regular (laughs) that doesn't work for me yeah so you have been on the road yourself like you said some real races yeah tell me about it yep a couple weeks ago i was at the f1 race in austin texas at circuit of the americas and it was great to see that in real life. I can't say I've raced it that much in iRacing. Uh, I think it's a pretty technical course. So, you know, I, I almost kind of avoid it <laughs> when <laughs> when there's a race there. Someday I'll just kind of have to face it head on and, and learn that track well. It's like my Road America. It is like your Road America. It was great to be part of a, of a huge crowd of sort of fellow race fans and to see those just those amazing F1 cars on track, kind of spend the whole weekend just enjoying that. Austin, Texas is a great place to visit. Been there many times. It it was really, really enjoyable. I saw the interviews before the official practice session of some of the drivers, and the weather looked awesome. It was perfect. Just warm, beautiful. Absolutely warm and beautiful. My buddy that I was staying with has a boat. We went out on the lake one day after, you know, practice sessions. It was just great town, great weather, great racing, just so much fun. Yeah, that's great. You had general admission tickets, right? Yep. For the first few years, we would buy stadium seats and spend a lot more money and then kind of figured out, you know what? We got these three-legged stools for $15 and $200 GA tickets and just have a blast. And you walk all around the track? Yep. Um, Just to see different vantage points, you know, for the practice sessions, you kind of feel like you can move around a little bit more. And then as the sessions get more and more serious, you want to settle into a spot. And so we kind of watch the race from turn two. And then come race day, was it, you know, you found your little spot, your square three feet to stand or sit. Uh, was it pretty jam-packed? Yeah. I don't know if there were 150,000, but somewhere between 130 and 150,000 people. I've never seen it that full. Oh, um, really? And I've been all but two years that they've hosted the race there. Did they have a concert? Yeah, they had a Billy Joel, I think. <laughs> and uh, 21 Pilots, but I didn't end up going to the, the concerts, but... Yeah, different years I've gone to the concerts that they've had. They, they always have big international-type acts. That's awesome. Uh, I used to go to the races in Montreal when I lived in Montreal, but that's the only Formula One race I've been to, but I'd like to go to Spa. I would like to go to Spa. You know, the European races, Spa yeah. certainly probably top of the list. I'd like to go to Silverstone someday. Yeah. Maybe we'll figure that out maybe next summer. I started iRacing a couple of years ago and my bucket list has grown immensely <laughs> because because I'm sitting here in front of computer screens uh, racing in cars. There are so many different things I want to do now, uh, real track days and real races and connect with real people 
you know, who I've made friends with virtually. I mean, it's pretty awesome. I feel like almost any continent that that we were to visit, we we kind of know people virtually, right? And could kind of ping them and say, hey, we're coming to town. What are you up to? Especially if we're at a race or something. I find it uh, really, really interesting when I talk to my local friends about it because they're not doing this kind of thing, right? I mean, um, they kind of shake their head at me like, really? Like, what do you mean? You have this buddy in Atlanta, Georgia? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Spend more time with my buddy in Atlanta, Georgia than I do the guy across the street. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and speaking of kind of meeting up with, with people that we know from iRacing or virtually, uh, this coming weekend here in Atlanta is Petit Le Mans, and our friends Michael and Donnie Etherly are coming down. They were on one of our early uh, podcast episodes. So they're coming down for the race weekend, and uh, I'm going to meet up with them and hang out and watch the racing and just probably see them quite a bit over the weekend. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And you've been doing a little bit of racing too. We don't have to get too granular about it, but you've been doing a little bit of everything. Yeah, I have. Like we've talked about, just a, a bit of this, a bit of that. Last week, spent a whole bunch of time at Suzuka, different sprint races, practice sessions, kind of getting ready for the race, which, you know, we'll talk about. But yeah, how about you? What have you been up to since we last spoke? Well, I've been away a little bit, so, you know, away from my computer and such. But when it comes to racing stuff, I dabbled in NASCAR. I sort of <laughs> fell in love with NASCAR for a couple of weeks, you know, when, when they were doing Texas and Phoenix. And then it was basically getting ready for Suzuka. And it's a pretty technical track. I saw that I was not on pace and my teammates were kind of on pace. So I kind of felt like I was playing catch up. You basically spent a whole week just kind of getting ready for that. And then we ran it. So that's kind of what I've been up to. I've been racing a little bit less and fiddling with my rig a little bit more. And I don't feel like that's because there's a lack of interest in racing. It's just, it's all part of the hobby and different parts of the hobby ebb and flow. And right now I'm on the rig sort of thing. We'll talk more about that later. Yeah, absolutely. I think and that's the beauty of it. It's this whole ecosystem. There's so many things to draw you in and kind of keep you there in the best possible way. Yeah. Um, I love that you've been investing all that time just kind of in the rig and being creative with the 3D printing. It's, it's all part of it. You let the rabbit out of the bag. Suzuka. Remember how when we did Petit Le Mans, we said, uh, I don't know if we'll, well, I think I kind of said, I don't know if we'll try, if we miss the first session, will we try a second or a third? You said, I don't know. We might have to do that next time. And next time was the Suzuka 10 hours. And once again, we <sighs> tried for the second session. It felt like a 24-hour race. I was exhausted when it was we all over. We spent 24 hours racing it or attempting to race it. Honestly. The race, for me in my time zone, uh, we wrapped up at 7 o'clock at night or something. Mm -hmm. And the race was supposed to start at midnight the day before. So all day Friday is like race day, you know? I woke up going like, okay, I got a big race, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And then Friday night rolls around and it's like running some practice and fiddling with spreadsheets and, you know, going down checklists and all that kind of stuff. So it started before the race. But then by the time, and we can tell the story about how you know it turned into a 24-hour affair, but uh, it was basically a 24-hour affair, and I was really tired at the end of it all. Yeah. Ultimately, how late did you stay up that first night? Like 2.30? 2.30? Yeah. Okay. Which is late for me. Lee was supposed to start the race, but he had computer problems. He ended up starting it, but then it just wasn't working, and he disappeared, and you know. So we're like, okay, scrap that. What other split can we do? I went to bed at 
And then you had sent me a text at 515 <laughs> saying, I don't know what you were saying. I was excited. <laughs> I remember what happened for slot three. I sent you a text, whatever it was, five in the morning your time. Oh, yeah. Basically yeah. saying, hey, our team is still registered for slot two. We're starting a new team with the four of us. Yeah. But it doesn't have the right paint. <laughs> You're the owner of it or, you know, whatever. You need to either wake up and do a fix the paint or Go we join need to start a, another third yeah. team. And it was just getting to be kind of a mess. I had like three and a half hours of sleep. Anyway, we got in the race. We were doing pretty well. I think we started back in 28th place or something like that. And uh, a third of the field sort of crashes out in the first stint. So we just stayed clean. And that immediately put us up into the, the teens. Uh, and then we were just sort of chipping our way up the field. And we were doing great until we weren't. We were in sixth place. Sixth place. Headed for greater things. And until we weren't. <laughs> until <laughs> the grass was touched, the car was spun, yeah. repairs were had. Yeah. It was pretty late in the race, but uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we did not go for the optional repairs. We had decided we would just drive slower. But then for the second time in an endurance race, when we've made that call, we recognize that your engine blows up. And then that's more repair. And at the end of the day, we finished what? We finished 27th. But you know what? At the end of the day, Josh, we finished. We finished. As a team. Marcelo drove that car across the finish line. <laughs> yep. It was fun. We would like to have done better, but the whole experience of getting together with your friends and participating as a team for literally 24 hours to try and get the job done, it's a lot of fun. Again, really encourage anybody uh, who is even a glimmer of interest in it to, to, to give it a go. It doesn't need to be a, a huge full day commitment. You can just commit to a couple of hours driving and call it a day. Yeah, half, half the fun is kind of the planning and the practice and the yeah. strategy and communicating on race day across continents, in our case, around the world. Totally. Yeah, try, trying to figure it all out, trying to recalculate things on the fly. I mean, it's just, yeah, but, but you're doing it as a team. It's like a... It's the most fun school project, working together, feeling of success, whether you win, <laughs> really whether you get 27th. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, before I got into iRacing, I don't ever really remember paying too much attention to time zones. I'm talking GMT and 24-hour clock times all the time now, right? And Brisbane oh. time and Singapore time. And, you yeah. know, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, I've got multiple clocks up on my computer all the time, so I can kind of figure out who's who and who's asleep and what's, you know. You don't have, like, digital clocks on your wall? Like, you know, like with, with uh, different yeah, time like zones? like at the New York Times yeah, exactly. editorial room. Yeah, yeah. So that was Suzuka. And, yeah, I look forward to the next one. The next big one is, drumroll. Daytona. Daytona. In January, we've calculated it to be uh, January 21st, 22nd, right around there. I will add that behind the scenes where you're not listening, there is pressure that's going to be put on you to jump into the Nürburgring. On me. On you. <laughs> I have not done any of those, you know, mini endurance at Nürburgring and they, you know, they do them every six weeks or whatever it is. I think there's going to be some pressure put on you to inject yourself into that role. Okay. Because it's a great training ground for the 24 hour and you don't want to be on the sidelines for that again. I know. I, last year, I missed out on, on um, Bathurst and 
Nurburgring. By choice. You guys were, of course, willing to include me. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. I hear you. The screws are getting tightened behind the scenes. (laughs) I'm not saying challenge accepted, but I'm saying I hear you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Speaking of crashing, by the way, can we talk about Fastbender Season 3 for a second? (laughs) Crashbender Season 3? Goodness. I love it. That poor guy. I I, I do love it. But he's kind of like us, except in a real Porsche RSR. He can't get to break sometimes. <laughs> I heard him say in this last episode, he said, you know, back when I was acting, blah, blah, blah. Is he done acting or is he stepped away from acting? I thought his acting was what kind of sponsored all this racing. I'm okay. sure that his previous acting has funded his current obsession. But it looks like a pretty busy schedule because in the last episode, I won't say anything that is a spoiler, but they talked about how he's not just doing the European Endurance Series, that they're putting them in cars for added experience and seat time. So sometimes they're just in a regular old Porsche on a wet track, practicing sliding around, and then they put them in a Porsche Cup race. So they're doing all kinds of things just to give them just general all-around sort of racecraft experience. But it's stressful. I mean, there's he, he has a lot of expectations that he puts on himself. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the team, you see them kind of talking behind his back while he's out on track. And, <laughs> you know, they're all nice and stuff, but there's some pressure. There's some high expectations. And uh, he sometimes delivers and sometimes doesn't. And uh, I guess that's what makes it so exciting is yeah. kind of watching this this guy that, you know, I don't want to say it could be any one of us, but, you know, he's kind of a regular guy. Could be. Could be any yeah. one of us. I think they did make the comment that uh, he wasn't born with raw talent. <laughs> right? Uh, but, but I hadn't heard that, but it makes sense. Yeah. But he but he does have like a tremendous drive and discipline and is incredibly hardworking and so focused on it, right? So um, you know, that helps compensate for some of the maybe the, the lack of natural right racing. But uh, anyway, I don't and, know. I have never been in a real race car on a real track bombing around. I look forward to doing it, but I think my adrenaline will be going absolutely bonkers. Agree. And what's so cool for kind of your average iRacers, this guy is racing the cars that we race against the cars that we see on track. You know, he's racing in a Porsche RSR against Ferraris. and He's doing he's like on, the iRacing races, right? Yeah. I mean, he's on Monza. You know, he's he's on all these tracks that, that we are racing virtually. He was practicing on iRacing in a sim rig that looked just like half the guys we know an 8020 sim rig with triple monitors and direct drive wheel and all that. So um he's he's living the dream but there you know there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's um, a great series. Any of the listeners have not clued into it or are not watching it, um absolutely encourage you just to just go to YouTube and search uh, Fastbender Porsche and then up they come. So, and if you haven't jumped into it, you, I mean I'm envious because you have 3 seasons to catch up on and you know, they're only like 15-minute episodes. They're awesome. Well-produced. Yeah. yeah, really well-produced. I've started watching it, like, again, to be honest with you. Oh, you me. circled back to the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, previous episodes, you've always talked about historic things, things that you've found in the notes, uh, the release notes of uh, previous releases. Did you dig deep again this week? My fingers are crossed. I did. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like Dale Earnhardt Jr. has Lost Speedways uh, show that you can watch. Well, this is sort of like uh, Lost iRacing tidbits and updates. And (laughs) love it. All right. So, so this time we went all the way back to the beginning. This was one of the very, very first updates to iRacing, May two thousand eight. 
And all the things that we enjoy and take for granted today, we're kind of still being added in to iRacing. Um, so one of the things they added in, in this update was voice support. So before that, you could only type. And it turns out they added voice support, but it was kind of like this standalone voice thing. We didn't have Discord. You didn't have any way to communicate with drivers in the sim, but you did have a standalone voice chat system that was added as part of this update. So yeah. just so I'm clear, at this point, uh, I could key a button on a steering wheel or something, and um, I would push that button and I could say like, hey, Josh, feel free to pass to the right. That's when that could happen? Yes, except I don't know that it was just part of the sim that you could just talk to fellow drivers on track. It seems to be a sort of a standalone chat. So maybe you would have had to gather a couple friends and you could chat uh, then. This was 2008, right? The iPhone had come out a year before that. Wow. <laughs> it's a different time. Mm. So I'm guessing at some point they brought this whole chat module into yeah. the game itself. Cool. But, but it hadn't happened yet. Okay, you have more? There's a couple other things that came out in this update that we appreciate and use every day. So until this update, tires were not impacted by temperature and wear. So I guess you just drove and drove and no yeah. impact. Um, and so one of the things they kind of said was, hey, locking up a wheel creates quite a bit of tire wear, so don't do that too often. That was kind of the caution they gave everyone when they released this update. They also talked about don't try to get even tire temps across the tire. The center should be hotter than the edges. So, so they're already kind of putting this complexity of the outside and the inside and the middle of the tire. And they say the inside edge should be hotter than the outside for the best grip when you're going around a corner. Now we don't have any way to see the tire temp until you pull into the pit. So I don't, I don't know what the Maybe inside they did temp back is. Then. Do you pay Maybe any attention then. to uh, tire temperature? I don't. Just say no. I do not. Do not. <laughs> don't need do to you? sugarcoat it. Yeah, I don't. Or you pressure. Know, Do you look I, at pressure? Just now. So, Suzuka, we're driving the Porsche 911 GT3, and I have the little dash, like, at the bottom of my screen. So, like, it's the Porsche dash. And right in the middle are the tire pressures. And I've never paid any attention to the tire pressures, but this time, this week, in practicing, I started paying attention to it. And it was kind of interesting, because you can see, where, like, where the pressure start and when they finally get up to like 170 psi or whatever race pressure but when you go off track or you're really hard on the tires you can see that 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 pressure spike and it's like driving on your tires covered in crisco oil uh, and it takes quite a while for that for that tire pressure to come back down and equally so it takes like two laps or so to get your tires up to like racing pressure. So it was interesting to look at the tire pressure on the built-in iRacing dashboard and just see the correlation between how they go up and down and how it feels driving around. So my first time I've been doing that. Well, good. So you're, you're kind of able to do more advanced type observations now as you're racing. Borderline pro. All right. <laughs> All right, let's get too excited. Um, another thing that apparently came out in this update, it sounds like before this, when you were in the pits, you could always just crash into anybody at any moment. They turned off collisions when you're in the pit stall lane. So, I can't, you know, the pits are so tight sometimes, I can't even imagine how you could pull in or pull out of your pit if they didn't have collisions turned off sort of if you're in that right-hand lane. So if you are going into the pits and you are driving like a normal race car down sort of the left-hand side and you're 
not driving through all the cars that are parked getting fuel and you run into somebody today or you bump them then it's an x or 2x or 4x or whatever yep. once you get into the pit lane uh, where you're just driving through phantom cars no damage yep and so this was the release when that came out almost makes me want to just like drive straight down the uh parking lane I did get a 4X in the pit. Some guy in an F3 hit me one time. and I got, I got a 4X uh, in the last couple of weeks, too. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe we'll be driving down the right-hand side. I think it was me, though. I think it was me that caused it. And it was in a NASCAR race. Because right. in NASCAR, the pit lanes are just a little bit more dicey. There's a lot more happening all at once, right? Yeah, and road, everyone kind of filtering in and out. In NASCAR, yeah. it's like 23 cars going at once. Totally, right? It's totally sketchy. Did the guy let you know you hit him? No, he didn't say anything. They're nice guys over in NASCAR. They're nice, but he could have let you know. Black flags. Black flags were added in this update. Black flags are such a part of of iRacing, but they weren't there at the beginning. They were added in this update. I've never had a black flag. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah. As if I needed to clarify that. (laughs) I did not expect you to say that because you've gotten a lot of black flags. I've been there. All right, go ahead. Sorry to yeah. interrupt. Um, and then the the one other thing that uh, I thought was interesting, they changed off-track incidents so that it was determined by the center of the car instead of all four wheels being off the track surface. Fast forward 13 years to 2021, and they updated Spa and the Red Bull Ring and maybe a couple others back to how they originally were so that all four tires need to be off before you get counted as being off. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they kind of came full circle on that. Grass is always greener. The grass is always greener. And soon the iRacing grass <laughs> will be greener. I've seen it. It's in the hidden menu. <laughs> Someday you know there's going to be an update we'll be talking like about It's like an that. Easter egg. Eh? Each of our episodes always has to have a little bit of a grass model plug or something, right? Little Easter egg hidden in there somewhere. Yeah. Not hidden very well, though, are they? Well, I'm thinking about it constantly, and every now and then I just I can't help myself. It just spills <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> it will be cool. And... You know, with the the hot fix a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about it, basically the free GPU that yeah. everybody got. Yeah, the $1,000. I'm not as scared now about some of these graphic upgrades that are no doubt coming down the pipeline because a couple of weeks ago, I was like, well, how are they going to pump all this great new graphics in? Because we're already kind of capped out on what our machines can handle. But I just got a lesson in what cleaning up software code can do it's pretty significant so yeah bring it on grass model. here we go grass yep. model rain yeah the rain's um, gonna come yep rain's coming it's gonna rain while we're talking about black flags one of the fellows on our discord channel brought something up this week that i thought was interesting and i didn't really know the answer to it but i was wondering what the scoop was on this he was coming around the last corner suzuka he got a slowdown penalty but it was on the last lap and he was going across the start finish line. So he didn't burn off the time and then he crossed over the line. It was in a VRS race or a fixed race. It was race. in first too. First by place. The way. Yep. Uh, and he ended up finishing in eighth. eighth place. And he was penalized. And I was like, how did you get penalized? How did they do it? And the answer is that they added 15 seconds plus whatever time was left that he needed to, to burn off. So in his case, you know, two and a half seconds or something that he still had left on the clock that he needed to uh, burn off. So he was uh, penalized 17 and a half seconds. And that put him back into eighth place. So I didn't know the answer to that. Now I do. 
Yeah, so it's probably worth slowing down that last little bit, even if you get second place, because it's better than eighth place. Yeah, well, you know you're going to get stuck with 15 seconds if you don't. Yep. So that was a good update. I think that was uh, supporting code 8.1.1.3 for those of you keeping track at home. Just off the tip of your tongue. Yeah. Just know <laughs> that by heart. Rob, mm. we are part of the COVID iRacing boom. Kind of like um, baby boomers. The baby kinda. boom. The COVID racing boom. Yep. Where are we now? What, we're a year and seven months into this? Yep. Coming up in two years. Where are we? Yeah. I don't know if it's a, like a personal question or like a general question. I don't know what the numbers are, you know, with iRacing, like how many of them have disappeared. But for me, uh, I'm still here and it's very much a hobby. But it's not just getting in and racing. It's it's all of a sudden interest in this whole group of people that we hang out with on Discord and new friends and new conversations, uh, a renewed enthusiasm for autosport in general. So spending time watching like Michael Fassbender on YouTube. For me, it's sim rig stuff. It's all this do-it-yourself stuff like projects and building things and I'm into like electronic stuff now and figuring out how to get buttons to work and creating a button box. And I finally got myself a 3D printer, which I'm loving. But all that means is it means I need to learn how to use CAD software, which I had no idea how to (laughs) design a part or anything, right? So, you know, that just gobbles up time. But it's all kind of sim racing related. I have definitely been racing less. But the hours that I put into the overall hobby have not diminished at all. It just shifts around, which personally I think is good. I think it's good. It kind of creates some balance. It's not just laser focus on sitting down and driving. And and like you said, I think that came for the racing. We discovered a community. We discovered this whole sort of ecosystem that I had no idea existed. I remember the first time I saw the words 80-20 in a Reddit post. I didn't know what that was, and I liked racing. I liked sim racing. I already had a little wheel. And here we are building rigs and 3D printing and discussing things with people across the globe that have the same interest. The competition is a lot of fun, right? At first, it's exciting. You're trying to get around the track and just finish the race. And and now, you know, I, I think we are better racers. I think we've got a lot of seat time. Do we have hundreds of hours of seat time? I think oh, we have a lot. <laughs> we have a lot of seat time, <laughs> right? Oh, so we're geez. incrementally getting better at yeah, yeah. the racing. You know, the I can racecraft. avoid yep. incidents that I wouldn't have been able to avoid for sure. Yeah. So I think most of us are here to stay. And and the thing is, it, it's all getting better. I think the, the sim racing, the, the sim itself is getting better. Yeah. The hardware around it is getting better. If you're already kind of drawn in. And now there's like, there's a next thing to save your pennies for and save your old gear and buy the new <laughs> yeah. wheel or, you know, right? I mean, it's it's kind of the, in the best possible way. It's this self-perpetuating hobby. And you can step away for a week and go on vacation and, and come back to it. We have buddies that have stepped away for a month and come back to it. It's It's kind of there for you. I'm really glad that it is very multifaceted, though. Like if it was just sitting down and doing road races only, you know, every night it it would get tiring for me. But now that I'm tinkering with buttons and gear and all kinds of stuff and the podcast as well, you know, it's just a, an extension of our iRacing hobby, you know, and that takes time too. So you add all those things up and, and there's enough to sort of spread around and keep the interest going and not get too burnt out with one thing. Yeah, if and we've kind of talked about this before. If you had said to me two years ago, 
hey, you know what? You're going to be doing a podcast with a good friend in Vancouver. I wouldn't have believed it. I wouldn't have been able to predict the series of events that would have <laughs> made that happen. So, yeah, there's all kinds of interesting uh, circumstances that have come about through this iRacing community. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yep. I saw that you had said something about Crew Chief. What's the story on that? Well, so for most of us, Crew Chief has said it and forget it. Um, I finally grabbed part of the JJ spotter pack, the Jimmy Johnson spotter pack. And I guess it has Jimmy Johnson's real life spotter. I think his name is Earl. And I downloaded it actually just the other day and tried it out. And it works for NASCAR. I don't know that it's meant for road racing. It probably would work. But it really kind of adds to the immersion because all of a sudden you've got this, it's not just uh, Jim talking to you about inside or outside and this and that. You've got <laughs> a real NASCAR spotter telling you there's a guy on your door and watch outside. And, you Where know, do you go find that? Quick search on the internet. You pull it up. It's the, the JJ Spotter Pack. I am all over that. Yeah, check it out. It was uh, a quick download. It's just a, it's a labor of love type thing that someone built back in the early 2000s and has continued to update. That is absolutely the nugget of this episode <laughs> for me. Because, hey, I love you, Jim, but I've been listening to you for two years. <laughs> It's good. It's good to see other people. I, I even bit. dabbled with uh, turning off the spotter for crew chief and turning on the spotter for iRacing. And you were asking me like, oh, let's talk about the difference between them and what's better. And I'm like, I don't know what's better or not. I just got tired of listening to Jim. <laughs> Jim's a real person though, isn't he? Well, I love him. He's done a no, great I job. I love him. I'm just saying like, Maybe we should talk to Jim. No offense, Jim. <laughs> what if we had Jim on this podcast? Oh, that would be so awesome. Let's figure that out. You figure that out. All right, I'll I'll reach out to Jim, if yeah. that's even his real name. Okay, that is a keeper. Download it, and you'll have Earl, and uh really makes NASCAR kind of more immersive. You know, one other thing I want to throw out there, we just went through the process of managing an endurance race, and we love that, what's it called? Sassy. The sassy enduro spreadsheet. <laughs> I blocked it out. I don't know why that makes me smile, but the sassy enduro spreadsheet is amazing. Could you imagine if the guys at Sassy worked with the guys at Race Lab and turned that into this sort of interactive thing? Because we know the guys at Race Lab can pull down, like, when's the last time you pitted and all this kind of stuff. What if they could kind of bring that to life? Well, that would be good because we use the sassy endurance spreadsheet. <laughs> But it's kind of complicated, and it's not the most intuitive. Could you ever imagine doing an endurance race without Sassy? Well, the schedule works great. I mean, that's what we use most of it for is the schedule, right? Mm -hmm. It's handy for the schedule. Until something better comes along, There's, it's it's amazing. Look, I don't want to bite the hand that feeds me. No, no. Sassy, if you're listening, we love you. Yep. But if you know the guys at Race Lab, give them a call. Let's Let's work together. Again, just a what if, while, while we're dreaming. Uh, maybe there's something else out there that is a little more intuitive or you know app-based or something like that. Because there could be all kinds of real-time updates to the telemetry, like how, you know, when's the last time you pitted or what driver, how many laps does each driver have? Well, there's have. a lot of people using it, right? I mean, I don't know how many people did Suzuka. I haven't looked up the stats, but there's thousands of us are doing each of these endurance races. And I think I most people are using the Sassy Enduro Do you, do you think they are? I don't know. Everybody we know is. Oh, I'd really like some feedback on that. 
We need to jump on Reddit. Do a yeah. little poll. Create a poll. Yeah. Can I leave that in your hands? I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. Leave it in my hands. I'm going to reach out to Jim. <laughs> And we're going to find out if if ever, just me or everybody. Because I'm busy building a dashboard. I don't have, yeah. time. <laughs> I don't have time for that. Yeah. All right. I would hate to cut into your 3D modeling. I'm obsessive about it. It's I know. I love crazy. it. Okay. It's... Hardware updates. Let's, let's move on. All right. Enough of that. Josh has a new processor. Uh, yep. My little hobby account had a few bucks in it. And this past week, I saw the new Intel CPUs came out. They were actually a generational leap forward, and I kind of on an impulse, it took me an hour. I thought to myself, what about all this supply chain shortage you're going to sell out? I better grab it. So I grabbed it. <laughs> I can just hear all the arguments running through your head, right? Oh, it went in and out of my cart multiple times. Yeah. Um, ugh, How yeah. long have you had a stream deck in your cart? For a while now, for yeah. months. And now you're all you do is talk about stream deck. How great it is. You gave me the tour last night. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. But I bought the CPU, and and here's how I can justify it, because my old one is still recent enough that I can put it on eBay and get a pretty good chunk of change for it. So I'm excited. I'll have the 12700K. I'm still waiting on the motherboard to, to come in, so probably next time we talk, I'll have that. And a 12700K. What do I have? You have a 11700K. Okay. And right now I've got a 10700. So the, the 10, 11, 12 is the generation. Yeah, yeah. I think the 700 just means like i7. So is that going to give you like more FPS? I think so. I'm pretty sure it will. From what I've kind of, the research that I've done, I think it will. I'm kind of waiting on Dan Suzuki or someone to post a video. Uh, he seems to kind of grab the latest toys once they come out. I don't know. My motherboard comes tomorrow, but the adapter for the water cooling chip won't be in for a week or two. So I don't know. Unfortunately, I'm going to be sitting here with a motherboard and a chip, but no cooler. So I'm not going to be able to use it for a couple, couple weeks. What about the, the 3D world that you're creating over there? Oh, okay. I mean, can we talk about it? Is it still... Yeah, we can. it's not a secret. It's not a secret? Nope. I'll tell you where it started. I wanted to have a toggle switch and an engine start button. I mean, that's really where it started. I wanted an illuminated engine start button and ignition switch. And I'm sitting here looking at it right now. My engine start is glowing bright red, just waiting to be pushed. But then it was, well, where am I going to put them? How am I going to make a little dashboard? And, you know, there's lots of things you can buy. You can buy dashboards and there's tons of them out there. And then I got inspired by the Race Beyond Matter YouTube channel. And he has just the coolest rig. Uh, you know, I'm always talking about it. And he just inspires me to not do the same thing, but to do my own creative thing and try and create my own little cockpit kind of stuff. So... Basically, I got the 3D printer and I printed some stuff that I've always kind of wanted. A little thing to hold my steering wheel and thing to hold my earphones, stuff like that. Then I started making an inspired by Porsche RSR dashboard. And I got a stream deck. Kind of looks like the RSR dashboard thing that has all these little buttons on it. And when you say that, I mean, it, it really does. The the same kind of buttons that seem to totally. have icons. and Yep. For sure. And then I ordered up, you know, my engine start button and my toggle switch and some rotary dials so that I can adjust volumes without using like a mouse and keying everything to my wheel and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, long story short, seven, eight, nine iterations later, just yesterday, I posted on our Discord. Here's my, my latest prototype. I had help from members in my community to get this done. A nice fancy 3D printed box for a 
Porsche 911 RSR inspired box. And everyone's like, oh, wow, that's so great. You know, good for you. And honestly, it was torn apart within hours. I'm like, you know what? It's not, it's not what I want. <laughs> oh, no. So yeah. it is like completely taken apart. And now I'm going to sort of like, a, I have a whole new dashboard kind of thing. I'm making like 3D printed panels. I'm attaching them directly to my sim rig, coming down on a little angle next to me and mounting my stream deck directly into that. And Anyway, this is sort of an ongoing process. I ordered a roll of stick-on Alcantara, and I, I wrapped my first thing in it last night. So I've got a little roll of carbon fiber vinyl wrap and uh, this Alcantara, which is pretty cool. But, you know, it's the process that's the fun thing, right? Literally, I'm nine iterations into this. I had a great product 24 hours ago that is now in pieces because I'm just which you were on happy to something with. else. And you just said, hold on, I'm going to take this even further. I'm going to. Yeah, like I learned from it, right? I learned something. I learned how to do CAD stuff. I had a chat last Sunday in the middle of our endurance race with a friend who lives in Singapore who was helping me with CAD software. You know, like, how cool is that? I mean, it's just, it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm learning how to make pieces. And it's kind of like you're a that primal hunter gatherer type thing except yeah. now i'm like a maker <laughs> you know yeah. i can just think it and then i can open up cad software and try and design it and print it and wrap it in my fake suede <laughs> <laughs> what a world we live in where you add can just... an led light to it and yeah. i am like i built something awesome it's amazing we can race people and hang out with people from around the world. You can get advice and you can build anything you can imagine. Yeah, it's, it's pretty just, cool. Yeah. I'm going to make those little side nets. I love it. That's awesome. I haven't committed to the seatbelt, though, but I guess I need to at some point. Oh, you haven't committed to the seatbelt? I'm, I'm afraid of what my family's going to say. No, they already think you're a little crazy, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good place to close things up for the episode. That's a wrap. Well, if you've enjoyed the show, we'd really appreciate it if you hit that follow button wherever you're listening to your podcasts. If you want to send us an email, you can shoot us a line at everydayiracers at gmail.com. But even better than that, we'd love for you to join our Discord community. You can talk with like-minded iRacers about all the same things that we talk about here on the podcast. And there's a link to join that Discord in the description for this podcast. 100%. If we don't hear from you via email and we don't see you on Discord, we hope to see you on the track. <laughs>